Hey Warriors and welcome to Spilling Tea with Roxy episode 4. Today's episode is entitled MS Exercise and Cultivating Confidence and today I'm joined by an amazing MS warrior named Shauna Lawson. She is an MS warrior, a confidence teacher, a mum of three and a total boss babe that I am very happy to have the pleasure to know. Please welcome Shauna. How are you Thank Shauna? you for having me. <laughs> How are you? I'm glad that I am here and I get to speak with you. I'm super excited about it. Oh no, I'm so excited to have you and your amazingness and your cool style and your beautiful confidence. That you oh my have. gosh, you're going to sit here and make me blush over here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is the idea. Um, how is it for you with MS and the current climate that we live in? All right. So for me, I'm doing pretty good, except it is the week before everybody, you know, us women, the week before my lovely time that we also look forward to. And this is a week that I always struggle the most. So I am literally drinking what I love to call my hippie juice because this is what keeps me alive right now. I'm like, energizes me up because uh right now I get major fatigue the week before once that lovely time of the month comes I am good to go but this whole week is such super fatigue this doesn't matter how much sleep I get but I just keep rolling with it anyway so but overall I'm doing pretty good besides I'm walking around like a walking zombie <laughs> oh my god tell me about it that time of the month not even the week of but the week before for me also is just like I cannot even get through days sometimes so when you sent me some of that beautiful hippie juice I was very grateful because it gave me a little bit of a boost that I needed just to have that extra energy to get through my Oh my day. gosh, Seth. I'm glad you enjoyed it because I live off of this daily instead of coffee. <laughs> because I don't, I, don't, I don't do well with coffee. I crash and burn. And I don't know if it's just like um, an everybody thing that they eventually crash and burn from coffee or if it's just like us people with MS. But mm -mm, I cannot do coffee anymore. Or, you know, I do tea sometimes. But yes, definitely my hippie juice saves my life. <laughs> for sure <laughs> definitely um no I can't do coffee either coffee and MS for me doesn't mix but it makes me feel worse actually not better mm -hmm. you I'm know you um, sure. so what is your MS story actually for the viewers I'm sure they'd love to know absolutely so for me my story starts back really when I was pregnant with my son eight years ago and I didn't even know I had MS back then. I, what I was told was I had, after going numb from the neck down, being very pregnant and not knowing what is going on with me, what is wrong. My primary care doctor is trying to tell me it's a normal part of pregnancy. And I'm like, mm, I am a mom of two other kids prior to this. This is not normal. <laughs> so I was like, I didn't go numb before that. I'm like, something is wrong. I literally, it started from my torso and like my feet and it was just like sporadic spots. And then, yeah, it was my entire neck down. So I ended up getting after a spinal tap and so many gosh darn tests. They ended up diagnosing me with transverse myelitis. Well, unfortunately for me back then, I wasn't on the health journey that I am now. And I was very naive. And never really paid any mind to like, oh yeah, let's look into what this really truly is. But come to find out, 
it was the pre-diagnosis to MS. And they had even brought up to me then that there may be a possibility of it later on, but I just kind of like waved it to the side because afterwards, after having, you know, difficulties during my pregnancy and having my son, uh, six months afterwards, I gave birth to my, uh, six months after I gave birth to my son, I decided to go on my own health journey, which by doing so, kept the undiagnosed MS into remission for six years. Wow. Up until two years ago. Yeah, it's crazy. Like I, without knowing it, kept my MS in full remission. And then I ended up gut, with gut health issues a little over two years ago, and it ended up flaring up my MS to show it's a, a lovely face. And I don't even say ugly face because the thing is, like, I have the perspective of, yes, I have MS, but MS does not have me. And it's actually saved me in some ways and like slowed me down versus like being the crazy crash and burn all the time type of person. No, I get that. So I got diagnosed two years ago in November. So next month would be my two year mark. And it was because I feel like my gut issues were what flared it up and made it, made it full on surface. And thankfully they had told me, the neurologist had told me that my lifestyle that I was living with my, you know, my food and fitness lifestyle, though how I was living, actually kept it in remission. And I was very grateful for that. I went through a very short spurt of very serious symptoms where it was very dark time for me, where I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, but thankfully, it passed within a couple months. I built strength up. I get, I kept moving forward. I, instead of like, I used to be a high intensity workout person. I slowed down, started doing things like yoga and stretching and stuff like Pilates. And that helped me strengthen back up. Mm-hmm. And my body actually, the, the neurologist wanted me to be on medications, but my body, because I don't really put any medications in it, that's not natural from the earth, even if it's a supplement. It's still stuff from the earth that I do. Uh, my body actually rejected all the medications. So I only have one thing that I take, which is a low-dose nerve blocker for my vertigo, because that's actually okay. probably one of my worst symptoms. But everything else that I do is all natural to keep my body up. My fatigue, the pains, and you know the headaches, the blindness of the eyes. Like I go through those, but very minimal most days. Are you technically in remission? That's where I'm at now. Huh? Are you technically in remission then? Right now? Yes. So uh, they would say that I am in remission even though I get uh, get symptoms because I think everybody is going to get symptoms no matter what. If we don't get enough sleep, that affects us big time. Yeah. A stress stress affects us even more so like we (laughs) I look at us as anybody with autoimmune disease especially MS warriors is we are literally warriors of like more so because stress affects us even worse than it does like the the average person we are we're like empaths that's what I feel like (laughs) so I'm very like grateful for this because I wouldn't have the mindset that I do if it wasn't for MS, honestly. I probably would have been still going and like doing my go, go, go kind of crash and burn mindset. Like I used to be the, oh, I don't really need sleep. 
I'm just going to keep going, going, going until I burnt myself out for days. And now it's like, I have to pace myself or I feel like that for a week. So I'm very grateful. For both of us, because I personally was someone else before I had MS. I wasn't treating myself well. I didn't look great. And I would love actually for the people that view this visually for us to both add in the photos of us before MS and what we look like now and show them that there is a, as weird as it sounds that you've been diagnosed with uncurable disease, there is this bright light that can come from it. And that's what attracted me to your page and what you do. Cause I was looking for people that had a more of a positive narrative that no matter what they were dealing with, whether they were in a wheelchair or whether they could fully, they were still fully able, the attitude they had internally was something that I needed and something that was special. So that's why I felt the need to connect with you because I could see that light and I just thought, wow. Right, and I saw the same with you, girl. (laughs) You've given me confidence and you don't even know it. So I can only imagine what you do for the people that you've actually worked with. And I'd love you to tell me (laughs) and the people listening what it is that you do do for people that are in situations like me and yourself and even people that ain't. So I, people will ask me every time I invite them to my team, what is it that you do? And I lead with this. I, mostly women, I do work with men as well. Um, I actually have, we have a mutual friend, uh, Shay who I have on my team. I love him. He was also an MS warrior. Uh, But I help, I lead with, I help women gain confidence because I've been that woman on the other end of the spectrum, you know, way before I even knew I had MS. And then you add in having a disease as well that, you know, currently not a cure for it that we are aware of anyway. Yeah. Um, But how much it can put you down and I get emotional at this point because I remember that girl in the, that would look at herself in the mirror and go, what am I doing? Like, I want to give up. I don't feel like myself. I feel like crud on the inside. And I help people get healthier through, you know, good old fashioned food and fitness. There's no quick fix to it, but changing your lifestyle and not going on a diet, but changing people's diets. I want them to feel like uh, they're badass selves. I want them to feel more confident within to the out because, and it all starts here before it starts here. Uh, So meaning like it starts with the mind before it does the body, because as you're working out, it's burning the steam of the stress in your mind. And that's our biggest muscle. And then the physical part. And it doesn't matter if you're doing something as slow as stretching, yoga, you know, something Pilates to something crazy where you're running, uh, you know, three miles a day or anything, burning that cardio or building with muscle. It helps no matter what to be able to, uh, you know, move the body. So you're moving the mind and creating that. And that's what I do essentially in short, because I'm one of those ladies, I'm like, I don't want to word vomit everybody and tell them what I do, like go into great detail. But it, when I began this, I didn't have the confidence I do today. So everybody looks at me and they're like, oh, well, you have all the confidence in the world. I'm like, but I still have rough days. I'm just, I'm human, but I work on it day in and day out. And I help other women mostly do that as well. 
as you know, some men, but I help people feel like themselves starting within and then coming out to the outside aspects of it. Because like I said before, it starts within. And that's, that's what I do. <laughs> it's absolutely. And, and I was going to say, I put one last thing. A majority of my team is autoimmune warriors of some sort. We do have people with, that, with have gut, his, uh, gut health issues, uh, you know, moms, ladies with other things going on. Everybody needs a way to let off steam. And this is how I help them do that. It's a great way to let off steam, I think. I do agree with you that it's an absolutely a mindset. And a mindset is not something that is limited by body function. You can create a beautiful mindset no matter where you are in life if you put the work in. And I see you all the time reading books. I've watched your journey of you taking in information, meditating, sharing that with the world. And I think that is something that maybe not everyone's always ready to do straight away when they get a diagnosis, but it's something that I encourage in people that when they are ready to, you know, take on, follow someone like yourself, follow someone like me who's going to show you that other side of things. Because I do find it quite an interesting thing how powerful the mind is if you put the work in and you are an absolute image of what that is and I try to cultivate that in myself as well and we know there's other MS warriors that we've before that do that too and you can see the difference in people when they do and they don't and it's a hard thing to get across to other people if they're not ready for it and I think that um, sometimes just viewing people, it gets people interested in how they got there and what their story was. So that's why I wanted you on the podcast because I just feel like your story is has its up and downs, but it's a truly beautiful one, you know? Um, and you, even for a lot of people who can't get out of the house, you have a virtual gym. You guys work from home a lot of the time. So there's like... Mm-hmm a space for people that can't get out and they can't, they don't want to be around other people. And especially in this pandemic. Right. Exactly. How does someone join you? So how can somebody join me? Honestly, I, I know it's scary for actually a lot of people to reach out to another person majority of the beautiful human beings that are on my team I have reached out to and not even the first time will they come on because they're they're it's not that they're intimidated by me they're intimidated and nervous about taking on that next endeavor because too many people have that fear of failing mindset or you know they go okay well what do I do if I or the fear of succeeding even and it's like well you're not going to know until you take that step. And if you keep putting yourself in that same position going, no, not yet. No, not yet. You're going to keep feeling the same way you are. So I have in my, my Instagram page, I have a link which actually has a form and you know, they don't have to reach out to me directly if they don't feel comfortable directly messaging me through Instagram or Facebook or 
you know, some people don't even realize my cell phone number's up there because I don't mind people text, shooting me a text message or calling me. Like, I don't answer my phone until I hear a message anyway, so I'll give people a call back. I have my email address. Like, there are so many different ways of getting in contact with me, but if people are too nervous to reach out to me directly, I have the links for if they want to come on as a coach and are like, you know what, I want to go all in on this. I need, I want to create a lifestyle of this as well and help others do this as well. Or if they want to come in and only, you know, solely focus on themselves, that is not a problem. There is a form in there to like me to help hear their goals and what they are nervous about um, that holds them back. So that's what is in there. And that's how, honestly, a lot of people sign up with me. Like, I don't send them to a website. I don't send them to something they can just go and purchase. I love connecting with people. And that's why I refuse to have a website because I want to connect with these people first. I want to get to know them. I want them to get to know me and know who they're being a part of because everybody on my team is my family. And that's what I lead with. Like, they are my family. They mean everything to me. So if they're struggling, I feel that struggle. You know, empath life over here. <laughs> and, you know, that's quite literally how they can start with me. And then what I love about it is like, I work one-on-one -on -one with people. When they're comfortable with it, I work with them within our group, our community, our private, you know, uh, I would say virtual gym. And they get to do these workouts from their home at their own pace. They don't have to worry about my hours of what my life is like or the next person. They can do it at their own pace. And that's what got me in the first place was like, oh, well, I can do this at my own time, 30 minutes or less. Well, I, I can do that. The kids are napping. Kids are, you know, off busy. They're doing their own thing. Or, okay, uh, I'm not working right this moment, so I can fit in my workout. Oh, I'm about to go to bed, but you know what? Oh, I almost forgot. I need to press play on my workout. Bam, get it done. And it helps with us with autoimmune diseases as well because the nutrition aspect of it is like beyond. Like you don't have to play guessing games on what to eat. Because I know for me, I thought food was a joke in the beginning. And that's where I really started seeing the winning. And I don't know about you, I'm sure, but food is medicine, I've learned over time. And this literally helps you like get in the foods that you really need to freaking get into your body versus the ones that you really shouldn't that are coming out of a box. <laughs> that is, <laughs> I mean, I don't get me wrong. I love my cookies and stuff. So I will have <laughs> them, but I eat clear ingredient ones. Uh, I'm a cookie lover for sure. And I try to bake most of my own things, but I'm guilty sometimes. <laughs> oh, I love baking. But that's really how. <laughs> I love baking. I'm the same. Like I think food is like the best thing you can use to treat yourself. And I'm not saying that I'm perfect by any means. Like, yes, I eat pretty clean most of the time. But sometimes I want a chocolate cake. And I'm not going to say no to myself. I'm going to eat a chocolate cake. But I do bake it sometimes. And sometimes I don't. Sometimes I want an ice cream. Sometimes I But it's about the moderation and how you treat yourself exactly. overall. I have a, I probably, in fairness, probably eat some dark chocolate probably daily. In fairness. But it I doesn't do affect my health overall i used to be incredibly terrible i used to eat like when you look back you go what what was it doing to myself I would oh my eat gosh really i don't drink fizzy drink at all like at all which is something that i think has probably helped me the most 
because it's just empty calories that I've mm. taken in. I drink a lot of water. I drink such minimal juice because of the high sugars in that too. Water <laughs> for life. It's like the best thing, and I feel so much better for it. But you could have not told the eighteen-year-old girl that got first diagnosed that she was like, "Yeah, whatever. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to smoke. I'm going to eat this. I'm going to drink alcohol." Oh my and the place I went to, I don't know about yourself, was just not mentally, emotionally, depression. Like, it became so bad that it was almost making me suicidal how I was treating myself. Because I didn't realise it was how I was treating myself. And for you and me, we've read a lot and we've learned we could make that journey easier by treating ourselves just a lot better. Mm -hmm but knowing we deserve that treatment. And that's a hard thing to cultivate for some people. It's a hard thing for me to cultivate in me, but I would never go back ever. I think the best decision I made was that first step. How is that for you? What would you say to the younger you? Oh my gosh, I've had this conversation with myself in my head so many times. I honestly would say smarten up, but you know what? I, I see as much as I want to be like, not let's tell her what to do. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her. Yeah. So as much as it thinks that I had the lack of confidence that I, because honestly it wasn't that I was, you know, diagnosed with MS for me it was just right away like I kept it in remission from deciding because of the lack of confidence because of the lack of how crappy I felt how shitty I felt about myself that led me into this lifestyle and this mindset change and the flip and I want everybody who's listening to understand that personal development is not only for business owners I want you to know that because a lot of people have that mindset that Oh, it's only for somebody who's trying to, you know, ramp up their business and everything else. No, personal development is for everybody. That's you cool. are the one that's first and foremost. Yeah, you first are one. You're first and foremost the one that's got to help yourself before anybody else can. If you're not willing to, how is how can you expect somebody else to? And you know, old me, I used to smoke cigarettes like crazy. I used to drink a lot, and while I very minimally drink now. I still have a drink here and there. I definitely do not smoke. I stopped a long time ago smoking and everything. And I ate my feelings. I ate very crappy. The processed stuff that I put in my body, who knows if it is what caused my MS because I'm the only one that we know of anyway who has MS in my family. I don't know if anybody else has it and it was just never diagnosed or what, but I'm the only diagnosed, you know, person in our family with Emma. So I would say, keep going, keep trucking along and don't give up. You're going to learn along the way, but don't get, ever give up on yourself. That's what I would have probably told her because I am glad that that old me did not give up and she kept mm-hmm. trucking along. And here I, here you and I are today. Um, I don't know about for you, 
but for me the thing that changed it and I want to I always want to tell people this but you can't because it's always everyone's journey is so personal to them and when they want to change or when the change is red time is ready for change it would just all happen but I was lucky to have someone else in my life that believed in me when I couldn't and for me, when people go to me like, when did you change? How did you get here? It was such a do or die scenario for me. It was literally like I was so contemplating so much and I was so depressed that it was like, if I don't do this, I may not see another morning ever again. That's how I felt. I was suicidal. And I had, it's like almost my one last shot. It's really weird. It's like the one last time that I was like I'm gonna try to do better and I was lucky enough for someone to be like here's something that might help you and I don't think everyone is so that's why I like to share what I can with other people so maybe that we can be that little bit of light and give them that torch and be mm-hmm. like I know but just give it one last shot you know absolutely Absolutely. I think it is amazing that we get to be the light for others. And I tell people, I'm like, I know I'm tired a lot. I I know I'm fatigued. I know I am not always at my best physically. Yeah. And very seldom like mentally. But I I tell people, I'm like, I know you don't know me, but do not hesitate to reach reach out to me and borrow some of my confidence. Do not hesitate to borrow some of my belief in you because I may not know you at all and you may not know me, but I already believe in you because I feel like people can be more than their circumstances. Yeah. And I want them to know that they can reach out. Not everybody is lucky and has somebody physically there with them, but should be able to know, you know, know that somebody is listening. Somebody is ready to listen to them when they are ready to talk. Yeah. And this is my thing for everybody who is listening, if you don't have somebody right now, please find me and reach out to me. I don't care which way you reach out to me. It can be indirectly through email or whatever, but I am here because I love being able to give my heart out and being able to share it. Like I used to be scared to share my heart and I'm glad I never gave up on sharing it because here we are today being able to impact others because, you know, it is scary reaching out to somebody else. It is scary to feel like you're alone, but you're really not. And even if it's virtually, it doesn't matter. You still have somebody there. I love being able to impact people that way. Same, same. I want everyone to know that, likewise, if you just want to talk, just pop us both messages because we are happy to talk. We're not saying that because we think we're professionals. We're not saying that because we think there's a cure or that we're going to cure you. But we're saying that because we've been there and we've needed that person to help us and we want to do the same for other people. So I appreciate you very much. And I appreciate that you put yourself out there um, so that even when I need to talk, that I can message you and you reply. And I think that's beautiful. And I thank you for that because even to this day, I'm not saying it's perfect, but I'm saying it's better. And it's better because I have a community of people that, truly understand and that in itself is gorgeous so thank you absolutely i'm with you on that my big old heart i'm handing it out (laughs) (laughs) right back at you so i want to talk about your you were talking about um taking drugs dmts and stuff for emma and obviously you don't do that now anymore um 
And I feel personally that maybe I'm on a similar journey. I've tried Tysabari. I think I've spoken to you recently about Ocrevus and the effects that I've had over the pandemic with the three months delay. Um, and actually, I, like you, was living a better lifestyle and I was exercising quite a lot. Um, and I was fine. And then the doctor said to me, well, Roxanne, you might want to think about taking a treatment. And I was like, I'm okay. And they were like, well, for your future person, for your 50-year-old self, for your 60-year-old self. And I kind of gave in for that. And for that, I'm in a situation where I'm in a relapse and my body is now, like, its B cells are incredibly high for someone that took Ocrevus, um so recently. Um, I'm not against drugs. I just don't think I found a drug for me at all and I don't think it was the time to be taking it um I was taking it without thinking I think is the best way I'm going to say I was just doing as I was told which is something right. that I should have known better because I'd been in a situation before but it it was brought into my emotion someone brought into that side of me which was a little bit weaker than I want to present in um I know a lot of people on that drug and they're having the best time of their life. But for me, mm -hmm. I've been so fatigued. I can feel the mental effects. It sounds weird, I don't know about you, but I get like popping in my brain. <laughs> Sometimes I can feel my brain popping. And I hadn't had that for two years plus. Um, I quit smoking everything. And for that drug, I never realised how potent it was going to be. And no one ever told me what the effects were going to be like when I came off the drug. Maybe because they didn't think I would have to. No one could definitely pre-predict a pandemic when it happened. But I think it's very important that people don't just get told, take a drug, here's a side effect. But also be told the things that will happen to you when you want to stop taking that drug or change a drug. Um, and these are things I'm only finding with personal research. I don't know how you feel about this. So I learned my lesson, sadly, well, I would say fortunately in some senses, uh, with my gut health issues before. I, I actually was already exposed to this kind of uh, situation because I didn't ask the question when I had my gallbladder removed before I even knew I had MS. It was in the midst of, you know, being in full remission for my MS. And I never asked questions about how to eat afterwards. And I ended up with a bacteria in my small intestines for almost two years. Oh. Now, I don't know how, you know, there's not a ton of research on it between having, and it's called um, SIBO, um, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. It's, so it's an overgrowth in your smaller intestines of bad bacteria. And I had that for almost two years, which is what I feel like set my MS into the flare, the full, you know, flare that I was going through. That's when I got diagnosed with MS. Uh, but they did steroid treatments in the beginning. So I did a week of infusions and it was hell. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to do that after that. Then a month or two later, they decided they were going to start trying to give me home injections. Uh, they tried oral pills, 
Um, so like Tessadera. Uh, and I know some people do these medications or use these medications and they do great. But unfortunately for me, literally everything, infusions at the doctor's office, uh, injections at home, the injections at home was where my, my breaking point right there, where I told them, I was like, you guys aren't putting anything else in my body. This is my body and I own it and I'm being mindful of it and I'm listening to her. This is my temple. You guys have, your body is your temple. And I'm yeah. like, you are not putting drugs in me. And they're like, you need to take something for, like you said, future you. And I'm like, future me, I'd rather die earlier than feel like that I'm deaf now and feel worse off than I did before you put this medication in me. I'm like, I'm done. You guys can figure it out. Um, I'm going to do what I'm doing. I was doing pretty gosh darn good. I was like, and I'm not playing this game anymore. So uh, neurologists don't like me too much because <laughs> I speak my mind and I tell them no. I was like, you can do MRIs on me. That's fine because we obviously need to keep track of the lesions in my brain. But no, it's not happening. I'm like, I, I listen to her. I'm very intuitive with my body. And that is my mindset on it. It's like, listen to your body and be the voice for yourself. And I remember actually telling you that back then too, because I was so nervous for you. I was like, no, yeah. I don't want you to do it. I know many of people who have struggled with drugs in general, let alone um, the aquifers. But I also know some who do pretty gosh darn good on it as well. But I've heard more, it's just medications in general. That's my opinion. And I know they have a place I was on bipolar medications for a long time. I'm not, I haven't been on them in a decade. Uh, actually, eight years, nine years, something like that. Uh, but also be mindful of your body. Like you listen to it. Your body knows more than anything. It is a living, we are living organisms, like a bunch of organisms all placed into one temple and it knows what it wants and it knows what it doesn't want. Oh, and if your gut and... <laughs> Right. Like, if your gut is telling you don't listen, because there's probably a good reason for it. Uh, be mindful. Do your research before you get something put into you. Don't just listen to the research that they give you, because mm -hmm. I know they mean well in some way, shape, or form. But at the same time, you are the one that's in control of your journey. Just like it's physical and mental, it's all the same. Like everything about you, you have control of as long as you allow yourself to. Don't give that driver's seat to somebody else. Drive your own car. Take your power back. Take it back. <laughs> I agree with exactly. you. Exactly. I think for a lot of people to advocate for themselves, though, they have to be in a certain mental place, the same way I did. And that's why mm -hmm. meditation is so amazing, to allow you to relax into a place where you can hear your oh, own body and feel your own body, because sometimes you don't. Um, Talking about medication, I was put on a lot of antidepressants through my MS journey. They thought I'd lupus first, then they thought I'd MS, and it had its effects. Gabapentin, pregabalin, all that stuff. Propanol. Mm -hmm. And at some point, I was taking them all at the same time. They never talk about um, how drugs interact with each other. They don't talk about, I think they call it multi-pharmacy when they give you too many pills. And to be honest, I think that was what was making me suicidal and depressed. I think antidepressants made that work. But I know they can't tell me to eat better and to treat myself better, really. So there's something that I have to find out myself through other people's recommendations. So 
I'm not going to, I still want people to know that I'm not saying this is easy. I'm not saying that you're just going to wake up tomorrow, sit there yourself, figure out all that. It is a journey in yeah, itself. It's work. It took years for me. It took a few years. And I don't want to say that I'm against drugs, but like you said about the research stuff, they don't, like, I'm mixed race. I've got, there's a lot of black lessons. We all know that this has not been created of us in mind. It's not been tested on us. So I think if you're struggling with DMTs and stuff like that, and you want to know really how they'll affect you, and you want it from a medical perspective, then he's a good person to look at. And if you want it from a personal perspective, like we said, feel free to message the fellow warriors on social media. Every single one yeah. of them, I guarantee, will be happy to share their story with you and let you know how the drugs reacted for them, good or bad. And I think more people should do that, definitely. It's basically what I'm trying to say. More people should do that. Yes, exactly. We were born to be social. Be social. (laughs) Definitely, definitely. And I suppose all of this is, this journey for you just seems so organic that you've become the person you've become and that you now build confidence in others you are the perfect person I it's funny because everybody thinks that I came out like this and I'm like no I mean I'm sure there was a smidgen of her in there (laughs) I wasn't always like like long but again like we said in the beginning like we didn't treat ourselves well and a lot of it was like for me it was like the mental health issues the life that I was living those you know the childhood I grew up grew up with it wasn't a pretty you know picket fence uh lifestyle and everything I worked to get here and some days it was up and some days it was down but it was worth it's been worth and it's still worth because I still work for it every day uh and it's been worth it because if you have kids or you have nieces or nephews or any children around you whatsoever you're paving the path for them so you can say all the words in the world that you want to, but what they see is what they do. And I've learned that from my own children, yeah. three of them. And, yeah. you know, I am paving that path for them because they deal with their own, you know, their own struggles as well. Because unfortunately, when they have a mom with uh, not even autoimmune disease issues, because I'm praying none of them get it, uh, but they all have their own quirks when it comes to uh, the mindset because I am very bipolar and it's genetic throughout my family my kids all have it some way shape or form whether it's depression or bipolar aggressive or whatever but they're learning and it's lovely to listen to them to know holy shit this thing is uh, what I'm doing they're listening to me and they're paying attention to what I'm doing and they're soaking it in and doing it and I'm like oh my gosh, I'm impacting my own gosh darn children. I didn't realize it. So when you, it's just remind yourself constantly that you can do this, that you are able to pave the path for others. And you may not even realize it, that just little itty bitty thing. And you're paving the path for yourself. Thank you. (laughs) Just incredible that you're doing that by being your best self. Because people don't realize, like, like I said, like, I viewed a lot of MS Warriors, I viewed you, I viewed other people, and just by you seeing you guys do has made me go, oh, I can do. 
and it's probably a little bit of an ego at the same time because we do still sometimes generate things from an egoic mind but you want to oh, know yeah, you be strong too you kind of go well this person yeah they it's not perfect for them but look what they can achieve but clearly i can achieve more mm-hmm. how do i do that i'm a very curious person by nature anyways as i know you are but oh yeah absolutely viewing other people achieve even in no matter what stage of MS they're in, relapsing, remitting, primary progressive, any of it is so inspiring. Watching someone relearn to walk and the attitude that they put behind that oh is goodness, incredible. Yeah. And it makes me go, I can do better, I can be better, and I can achieve better. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't my know. heart right now, I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. That's, that's what I felt. <laughs> I felt that emotion. I took a deep breath. I was like, oh. I'm not gonna lie. Like, office, I'm like sitting there trying not to like tear up. I'm like, no, don't mess up the little bit of makeup you put on. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this has been amazing. Thank you for joining us on Spin. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm glad you invited me to do this. No. <laughs> Absolutely. I want, guys, I want all of you to know I rolled out of bed an hour before this and was like, holy moly, the fatigue is real, but we are going to do this because A, I'm a woman of my word, and B, I love being able to help wherever I can. And this is not, it's not, we're not getting paid to do this. We do this because we care about everybody and we love everybody. And so, me and the lovely rock band here are doing this because we love you <laughs> we definitely love you all like more than you will ever know and if i can meet you all at some point i would give you the biggest hugs ever because as much as we oh, want to help you guys help us so much and um i thank you all i thank you guys for tuning in i thank you guys for showing up for each other and i hope we all continue to show up for each other because there is doctors and there's nurses and there's beautiful people in those medical establishments. But really and truly, we are the real people that know the real tea. And that's why I feel the need to spill it all over the floor so everyone can know more about MS and know that we're the professionals, really, because we're the ones that feel the feelings that we go through. We are not doctors. We are the people that feel the pain and the emotions and everything that's come with it and I think our voice needs to be louder and prouder so that we can all understand this crazy disease called Emma so yes thank you Shauna for joining me today I love you so much thank you and I love you too girl thank you (laughs) love and light warriors (laughs) and I will see you in another two weeks for another episode of Spilling Tea with Rock Thank you.